Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Renee Lee. Renee, thank you for being here tonight. Well, thank you for having me, Corey. I am so excited to be speaking with you this morning. I'm excited to have you on the show. You have a new book out in stores titled Bell, Sound the Alarm. So can you tell me what it's all about? Yes. Belle is a love story at its fullest. Belle is about a strange little girl who encounters a lot of troubles in her life. Things like she doesn't have her father in her life. She's noticeably strange looking with strange eyes. She's a dreamer. She has gifts that she doesn't even understand herself. She's raised by her grandparents to her mother's death. And her grandparents nurture her gifts, but her grandmother dies and the guilt of her grandmother passing causes her to run away from her gifts and to run away from whoever she, who she is at that time. Mm -hmm. She runs and she runs into trouble and she has all of these obstacles that come her way. It's kind of just like our lives and everybody's life. We all have obstacles and triumphs and things and troubles and highs and lows that we have to get over. Well, Belle is a replica of everyone, everyone's life that we have a cross to bear. We have something that we have to get over to get to who we actually are in life. And that's really what Belle is all about. Belle is filled with worship mm. because she is gifted. She's a gifted child. At a very young age, she's able to play music on a violin. To the shock, she's never been taught the violin. She's able to sing. And when she sings, she commands the elements. Everyone stops to listen. She's that anointed. She can play instruments and she has visions. And she knows things that no one else knows. So can you imagine a little girl with all of these gifts? She's nurtured by her grandparents until they pass away. And then she's put out into this nasty, nasty world, not understanding what's going on until one day she meets a savior. There's a lot of irony in the book. There's a lot of symbolism in the book. But she meets a savior. She meets someone that loves her and that nurtures her back to where she needs to be. And then her gifts become realized. She meets this person. And once again, I don't want to tell you everything, but it's definitely a love story. She meets this person who helps her and shows her the beauty within her, that she's very beautiful, that she is a beautiful soul, and that these gifts, she needs to remember why she was put on this earth, who put her on this earth, what her grandparents taught her, that it was really real. What comes to mind right now as I'm talking to you is Psalm 139. I believe it's 15. It says, my frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me. 
when as yet there was not one. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. So what this book is, it's a fictional account of everybody's life, but it is in truth that it has scripture. It's biblically sound. And it is to take the people back to God, to introduce them in a way that really has never been done before, Mm. which is to give them a script, to lead them back to the Bible, to show an exciting way Oh, I can relate to Belle because my life was like this. Mm. This is what Belle is all about. And she uses her gifts, her song. The book is filled with music, song, worship. We all have gifts. We all have a purpose. And we all have a supernatural battle with forces. This is where I believe God wants us to be right now. He wants us to realize that it's not just us here on this earth. There is more than us here. And our gifts can be so much more than they are that we're not actually living to the fullest ability that we have. And this is what Bell is all about. I know a lot of people are really going to be into this book. It's called Bell, Sound the Alarm. It's written by Renee Lee. And this is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Renee, it's been really great having you on the show. Thank you so much for telling me about Bell Sound the Alarm and really looking forward to what's coming from you next. I had a great time talking tonight. I did as well, Corey, and thank you for having me. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Dr. James E. Lester, Jr. Jamie, thank you for being here tonight. Hey, Corey, thank you so much. It is a great privilege and honor, and I greatly appreciate you and the station as well. I appreciate you being here. Really excited to have you on the show. It's wonderful you have a new book out in stores right now. It's called Staircase to Glory, A Flight Plan to Heaven. Goal Setting, Ethics, Morals for Everyday Life, Individuals and Businesses. So can you tell me all about this book? I tell you what, this is probably my best work that I've ever done. And Corey, it was at a time when I had just had open heart surgery. It was me and the Lord during that recovery time period. It took me about four months actually to write the book and in return to write it with all the research because there's a lot of scripture in this book that can relate to everyday life and the barriers that we go against on a daily basis and a daily walk. And it in tuned with trying to take some of my own personal experiences and how goal setting has helped me, both good and bad, and how goal setting can help shape and mold and change your life through looking and gathering the information from the word. Because anytime that you are out there and you're struggling with something or a barrier, it's always best to turn to the word than it is to any place else. Mm -hmm. And so the word can be there to answer a lot of questions for you, especially when you're going through some trying times. But it's not just the trying times that you go through, but it's the the experiences of life that takes you through. And goal setting is just one aspect, but the morals, values, and ethics that come in today's society, it seems we get less and less involved with morals and ethics in our world today that we live. And that is something that we really need to concentrate on. 
And this book allowed me to take my formal education, my experiences that I faced in life, and look to see how you can actually walk the staircase and get to your goals to reach the ultimate goal, which the ultimate goal for all of us should be to reach the top. And that top would be the entrance and the stairway into heaven to meet our heavenly father. But that's sort of how I got started in doing this during that trying time of recovery, the painful aspect of having open heart surgery, thinking that you may die, thinking that, you know, how long are you going to live wow. and trying to put it all so that it helps others based on what you've done and the experiences that you've done. It's a great accomplishment to me. And if one person, just one person can get anything out of this then this journey, writing this, is worth it all. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if one soul can get saved, if one person can walk through the book itself and look and learn, it actually teaches you in the end how to get there, setting short-term goals, setting medium-range goals, and then setting long-term goals so that you can go through each step in life. Because like I say, we all go through certain barriers, Corey, and this is just a way to uplift you and you'll laugh a little bit. You may cry a little bit. You'll see a little bit of studying in there and you'll see faces that you actually know, even on a national level with different ones that I have seen. Hmm. There's two presidents in this book. One of the goals that you may have in your life is meeting the president of the United States. And you'll see pictures with them in here with my mother, for example. That was one of the goals she had set in her life. Hmm. But, you know, we've got all kinds of different goals that we try to reach. And this is just to help you get there and help you get there in a spiritual way, but yet a way that you can read and get some enjoyment out of it and hopefully make you a better person and get to the ultimate goal, which is to see Christ Jesus himself. I know this is a book a lot of readers are really going to be into. The title is Staircase to Glory, A Flight Plan to Heaven, Goal Setting, Ethics, Morals for Everyday Life, Individuals and Businesses. This is written by Dr. James E. Lester, Jr., and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can jump online, get this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also down the street at your local bookshop. And Jamie, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me all about Staircase to Glory. I hope we can do this again sometime. Corey, I would love the idea. Give me a call anytime, and I hope the Lord just blesses you and blesses the radio station and blesses every listener that is listening to this today. What if someone you've loved and respected your whole life told you they've committed a heinous crime? Danica Hubbard, Ph.D., writes her fascinating story in her book, Sex Offender, My Father's Secrets, My Secret Shame. Danica is right here with me now to talk about it. Danica, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I really appreciate you being here, and it's fantastic that Sex Offender, My Father's Secrets, My Secret Shame is out in stores. So can you tell me about this? Yes. I started writing it a few years ago, and the book is really a unique crime story. It combines empirical and experiential evidence based on my experience when my father was incarcerated for 17 years in a state prison in Wisconsin. Hmm. So it's really a hybrid that integrates uh, thoughtful discussions about crime, offenders, victims, treatments, and future policy implications. Hmm. Danica, what kinds of readers do you think would be really into this? 
I think the target readers or audience is universal. I think it's very widespread because people who will pick up and read my book as a valuable resource, it can be for students of justice studies programs, criminal justice practitioners, law enforcement organizations, social workers, DCFF staff, a very robust readership. But I really envision my book being adopted as a possible ancillary text for community colleges, which is where I work as an English professor, or vocational schools, technical schools, university classrooms, law school classrooms. The possibilities are widespread. Mm. Danica, you certainly have a lot of experience and qualifications for this, but I understand this is the first book you've written. It is. I've published my doctoral dissertation and some peer-reviewed journal articles, newsletters, grant proposals, but this is the full nonfiction book that I've written and published. Was it something that took a long time for you to do? It took about three years from start to finish with research and editing the manuscript, passing it along to colleagues, friends, whomever would take a look at it. So it did take quite a while. Danica, what was that moment like for you then when you got the first copy in of this and you got to hold it and look at it? What was that like? Oh, it was elation, Mm. (laughs) relief. It was just like popping the cork on emotional courage, a big cup of emotional courage Mm. to finally hold it in my hands and have the realization of all the drafts all the rearranging, organizing, editing that I discuss with my students as a product in my hand. What was it that inspired you to sit down and start writing this and then publish it? Well, I think that I drew from certainly personal experience with my father and visiting him while he was incarcerated. A lot of personal life experiences with memoir and being exposed to the genre of memoir. And the impetus was to reach a sense of wholeness and try to resolve and heal wounds that I had been carrying while my father was incarcerated. So I figured if I if I wrote it all out, I could possibly share those feelings, those emotions, that body of research with others whose voices are also silenced in the process and try to bolster their courage as well in sharing this taboo and sensitive subject. Mm. What are the possibilities then of maybe a follow-up to Sex Offender? Well, I'd like to, like I said earlier, take it possibly as an ancillary text in several university and college classrooms and then start to build curriculum and workshops, training sessions, speaking engagements to take parts of the book and utilize it in different venues for people who are interested in the subject matter and people who can heal from the subject matter. I know it took an awful lot of courage to write this and to publish this, but I do know a lot of people are going to be helped and encouraged by it. It's titled Sex Offender, My Father's Secrets, My Secret Shame. It's written by Danica Hubbard, Ph.D., and it's published by Fulton Books. You can jump online and get this on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Danica, thank you for joining me here again tonight and telling me all about your book. I had a wonderful time talking with you. Thank you very much. 
Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Ebony Hudson. Ebony, thank you for being here with me. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's really exciting. You have a new book out now called From Healing to Wholeness, A Christian Perspective on Emotional and Mental Wellness. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Sure. The book deals with emotional and mental issues, specifically depression, anxiety. You know, we know that in this time, people are dealing with a lot of stress. Mm. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Depression is at an all-time high. And I really just wanted to speak from a Christian and a biblical perspective to let people know that God has answers. The book talks about people in the Bible who also dealt with depression, anxiety, distresses, overwhelming feelings of life, and how God spoke to them and used them for great and mighty things. That's the reason I wrote the book, and that's what I hope people will get from the book, just the feeling of hope in the midst of sometimes hopeless situations. Ebony, what sorts of readers do you think would really be into this? I think that not only people who may be struggling themselves with any kind of mental or emotional issues, but I also think that caregivers, family members, friends, sometimes we see those that we love struggling and it's like, you know, how can I best help them? And so I think that the book gives some very practical steps that people can do that even someone who's reading it but not going through it directly can pass along to, again, family, friends, neighbors who they do see struggling in the areas of their mental and emotional health. Mm. Ebony, can you think back to that moment when you were inspired to sit down and get working on this book? It actually was early 2000s, I think around 2006, 2007. I was working as an outpatient therapist at a Christian counseling agency and just really was struck by and had a heart for and a passion for and a compassion for people who were coming to the agency. I think there were about 15 of us there at this Christian counseling agency and just seeing just the numbers of people who were coming. These were believers. These were believers in Jesus Christ and they were struggling. You know, they were struggling in their relationships. They were struggling in their emotional health and their mental health and their faith and their lack of faith. And I just really, just really felt a need to do something aside from just therapy. And that's where I kind of had the idea for the book. And that's kind of where it started, just seeing hundreds of people come in for help and for counseling and just having a passion and a compassion on them to be moved to help in any way that I could above and beyond an hour-long session one day a week. Then was it a long process for you to write and put through the publishing process? It was. What happened was I started the book and then I kind of sat it to the side. I got married. You know, my husband was active duty Air Force. And so we kind of traveled from state to state and the book and the manuscript kind of got stuffed in a box. And it also traveled from state to state. And a couple of years ago, about two years ago, I think during the pandemic, when we were all stuck in the house, I kind of dusted it off and the Lord gave me some new revelations and some new wisdom to kind of add to the book. I took some stuff out, added some stuff in. Then I submitted it to Christian Faith Publishing, and by the grace of God, it was published earlier this year. Wow. Congratulations. What was it like for you then when you got to hold that first copy in your hands? Oh, my goodness. It was almost unbelievable <laughs> that I was actually, because <laughs> I am such a bookhead and a reader, I am one of those people that can sit in a bookstore, you know, for hours just holding and reading other people's books. And so the fact that I was holding in my hands one that had my name on it, 
really was just truly amazing. There are almost no words to it. I felt proud of myself. I felt proud of my legacy that not only my children, but potentially in the future, their children and their children's children would know this about their grandmother, their mother, their great grandmother. And so it was just an amazing and very proud and humbling feeling. Ebony, is this the first time you've been published then? Yes, it is. Oh, congratulations. Have you thought about more then after this? I have not thought about more books. I do write blog articles where I, again, try and think about issues and stresses that people are dealing with, whether it be depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, stresses, grief, loss, but from a biblical perspective. And so I do have a blog, but I have not had a desire as of yet (laughs) to write another book. We will have to see how the Lord leads on that one. I know a lot of people are going to find a lot of help in this book. It's called From Healing to Wholeness, A Christian Perspective on Emotional and Mental Wellness. This is written by Ebony Hudson, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this online, of course, at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Ebony, it was great talking with you tonight. Thank you so much for telling me about your book and the kinds of things that you do. I had a really nice time chatting. Thank you so much again for having me. Right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'm really happy to be sitting down with author Gary Wayne Clark. He has a new book out in stores right now called John the Forgotten. We're going to talk all about that. Gary, thank you for joining me today. Hey, good to be with you. Appreciate it. Like I said, John the Forgotten, it's out in stores right now. So, Gary, what's this book all about? Yeah, it centers around three seminary students, actually. They're getting ready for a summer break when one of them gets a courier who gives him news of an uncle that he didn't know he had who's died. He's the only heir to the estate. But there is a small catch. He has to go to the Isle of Patmos within 96 hours for the reading of the will or He's going to forfeit his inheritance. Well, Mm. it kind of sounds easy, but there's those in Patmos who will do anything to keep him from receiving it. So when they arrive, the disciple that Jesus loved will step into their lives and turn their faith beyond belief. Wow, sounds like a great story. Where did the idea for this come from, Gary? It all centers around John chapter 21, verses 21 through 24. It's where Peter is talking to Jesus, and he asked him about John. He says, hey, what about John there? And he said, don't you worry about him. If he lives until I return, you go and do what I'm telling you to do. That's paraphrasing, of course. Hmm. What kinds of readers do you think would really be into John the Forgotten? I really didn't give a whole lot of thought about, I guess they call it targeting readers. Just wanted to write something about faith, you know, what you believe in. And not to lose hope, especially during the current environment that we're living in. Mm. I think it's good for, I guess, if you start about, if you want to boil it down, maybe 15 to maybe 45. Because mm. in that period, you have a lot of teenagers that sometimes they don't know what they believe sometimes. So anyway, that's what it's about. Or it centers around faith. Mm. Gary, how long did this book take you to write and then get published? <laughs> now, that is probably in a story all by itself. I kind of boiled it down to, I think it's, I would say, approximately five years over a 10-year span because it stopped and started, you know, several times, you know, working and some family here where we are located. 
if I had to guess, that that would be about, normally a book usually doesn't take that long, but anyway, it took me that long. Is this your first book, Gary? Have you written or published before this? No, this is a huge surprise for me as well. (laughs) Wow, congratulations. What was it like when you finally got that first physical copy and you got to hold it and look at it for the first time? Oh, man, I'm telling you. When I first got it, I guess my original goal was actually to write a story for my family with no thought of publishing it. When I got it, I was going through from the front cover and all the way to the back cover. And I was thinking, I couldn't hardly believe it, I guess, to be quite honest with you. I was going through and and it got to the back of the cover. And I'm thinking, I believe I heard Jesus in the background laughing and telling me, see, I told you, I turned your faith beyond belief. (laughs) What are the chances of maybe a follow-up to this, Gary, or more writing publishing in the future? I'm making a few notes. Most of the book, if not the entire part of the book, takes place uh, on the Isle of Patmos. And so I've been taking notes about John coming to America, and we'll see how that unfolds. I don't think it'll take me, hopefully it won't take me another five years. Mm. (laughs) You know, people listening right now, a lot of them are authors just starting out, Gary. So do you have any advice that you can give them? I would say when God prompts you, listen to your heart. Step out onto the waters and walk out to Jesus. Don't worry about those waves of life, but keep your eye on the prize. You can make it. Mm. I think a lot of people are really going to be into this book. It's titled John the Forgotten. It's written by Gary Wayne Clark and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Thanks again, Gary, for joining me here tonight. I had a wonderful time talking with you and learning about John the Forgotten. I hope we can do this again sometime. Thank you. There's a new book out in stores right now by Mrs. Richard Dean Rosalind Gould Myers. It's titled A Christian View on Relationships, and I'm really happy that Richard Dean is here with me now to talk all about it. Richard Dean, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. What's really fantastic, A Christian View on Relationships is out in stores now, so can you tell me what it's about? Yes, it's a Christian book. It's about relationship, how you want God to guide your relationship. Mm -hmm. You want God to be in charge of your relationship and show you the right person to be with. It's a good book, and I think if you buy it and read it, you can receive what I'm saying. Did you have a certain group of readers in mind that you were reaching out to with this? No, not really. I mean, anybody can read the book and anybody can take the knowledge from it and, you know, apply it to their life and their relationships. Hmm. Richard Dean, what gave you the idea to write this and what inspired you to publish it? Well, me and my friend Juanita Coachman, we were having a conversation. It came through that conversation that we were having. Then after that, God was leading me to write the book. And then my mother, she was encouraging me to do it. So that's how that book came about. Is this the first time you've written or been published? No, I have another book out. Hmm. About how long did A Christian View on Relationships take you to write, both the writing and then the publishing? It took like six to seven months for me to write it. Right after that, I think maybe like a couple of months after that, the publisher, they had the book out there. It was really quick. Wow. Yeah. What was it like then when you got the first copy, got to hold it in your hands and look at it for the first time? Oh, it was joy. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. And I was like telling my mother and my family. It was just really, really exciting. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you thought about what's next? Are you planning on more writing, more books? 
Yes, I have another book that I'm writing now. Is it in the same vein? Is it in the Christian vein, or are you exploring other things? Yes, it's so far, that's my calling is to write Christian books. A lot of people listening right now are authors just starting out. So, Richard Dean, is there any advice that you could offer? If God is telling you to write a book, you know, listen to what God is saying and follow your dreams and get your book published and let it get out there. Richard Dean, you're inspiring a lot of people, helping a lot of people with your books. So to you, what's the most rewarding aspect of getting books out there and being a published author? Well, I feel that my books can help you. If you read it, I feel that you will walk away with something in there, something positive to help you in your everyday life. I truly believe that. Richard Dean, the writing isn't always easy. Sometimes the ideas aren't coming out. You get writer's block. How do you get through those tough challenges? Well, what I have been doing, I've been praying. And when I get in that moment, I walk away from the book and then I'll pray and then usually come back to it later. And God have inspired something new for me to write down. Hmm. A lot of authors have a routine for writing. You know, they like to write late at night or maybe early in the morning or maybe in a certain room or a certain coffee shop. Richard Dean, do you write like that or are you more impulsive and write when the inspiration hits you? Lately, I've been getting up like at 9.30 to write, but then sometimes it'll come all times. I could be somewhere driving and I could get a thought and then I hurry up and speak it into my thingy on my phone and <laughs> stuff. Yeah, so it always will come somewhere. God is inspiring me to write something sometime and somewhere. And when it comes to the kinds of things that you read, do you find yourself going mainly to Christian books? Yeah, I, I do. I really do. I see myself just, you know, reading the Christian books and then like my friend or somebody would say, you know, get this book or get that book. And most of the books I do have, it's mostly the Christian books. I know a lot of people are going to find help in this book. It's called A Christian View on Relationships. It's written by Mrs. Richard Dean, Rosalind Gould Myers, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Online, you can find this everywhere like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. You can also get on the street and get it at your local bookshop. Richard Dean, it was really fantastic talking with you tonight. Thank you for telling me all about a Christian view on relationships. It was really nice chatting. Thank you, and thanks for having me, and God bless you. The Sacrifice. It's a new novel out in stores right now. It's written by Anthony M. Corelli, and Anthony is right here with me now to talk about it. Anthony, thank you for joining me here tonight. Well, thank you for having me, Corey. I appreciate it. Well, it's great to be talking with you. Can you tell me what The Sacrifice is all about? Well, The Sacrifice is about kind of a crazy out-of-the-box minister who's called to help out a family struggling with demonic attack, all while living in the neighborhood where there's an active serial killer on the loose. So it's kind of an interesting story, let's put it that way. Sure sounds like it. How'd you get the idea to combine these two ideas? You know, Corey, I've been a fan of the kind of crime novel, detective novel type books for a long time. And working in ministry and deliverance ministry for a lot of years of my life, I kind of just used some personal experiences as well as just focusing on trying to help people who struggle with spiritual issues. Are there certain readers, Anthony, that you think would really be into the sacrifice? You know, I've asked that question a lot, Corey. I think this book is for a lot of people. Definitely in the world today, there's a lot of people into the paranormal. So I think a lot of people would like that aspect of the book, but also people who love crime novels, detective novels, thrillers. But, you know, I think it also reaches out to people who are into the spiritual side of things and are looking for hope in the midst of struggles. 
When it comes to writing, is this your first book or first time you've been published? Actually, it's not. The Sacrifice is actually the second book in the series, Hmm. the Struggle series. And so there's two more on the way. But the Struggle was released a few years ago, and it just took me a while to put the Sacrifice together. Yeah, I was going to ask you if the sacrifice, if that was a long process to write and publish, especially now that you're experienced, is it smoothing out now? You know, it is smoothing out. The problem is, of course, is that the novel, The Sacrifice, was probably written initially maybe in about six days, believe it or not. Oh, wow. But the uh, finalization of a book can take a long time editing and just kind of getting it the way you want it to. When you do the first book, to me, I was kind of reckless. But the second book, I wanted to just be a little more thorough and a little more thoughtful. So it took a while. Hmm. Of everything that you've learned along the way now, Anthony, what's your best piece of advice that you could give to authors who are just starting out? You know, I would just say, put it on paper or put it on your computer. Just write. Don't think about editing. Don't think about the process. Just put it all on paper because you're going to read that book a hundred times before it's done. Mm. So there's plenty of time to make the changes. Just get it out of you. Let it flow. And then the rest will kind of fall into place. Like you said, Anthony, a lot of time and hard work goes into writing and publishing a book. What was it like for you whenever you finally got that first copy? You got to hold it in your hands. What's that moment like for you? You know, I think it's an enormous sense of accomplishment because you know just how much you put into it. And it's kind of a thrill a little bit to know that people can now purchase it and read it because you don't just write these things for yourself. You write them hoping that somebody will get something from them. So when you're holding it in your hand, what was very abstract becomes very tangible. And now you can get it out there to the readers. You said there are two more books now in this series that you're working on. Have you ever considered maybe venturing outside, writing maybe nonfiction, maybe another kind of book? You know, I have a couple of books on my laptop that are moderately finished that are not in the fiction category. And I think probably after this project of the Struggle series, I think I'm going to move to that genre just to kind of venture out a little bit, like you said, and reach out to a different audience. Hmm. Anthony, when you write, do you have a certain routine for it, like a time and a place that you like to write every day, or do you just find yourself writing as the ideas come to you? I kind of work in an odd sort of way. I um, put a lot of ideas on paper, sticky notes everywhere, but then I I find at least a couple hours a day to just sit and write when I can. Mm. And then I kind of merge those ideas together. A lot of those sticky notes ends up in the trash, but some of them actually become ideas that go into the book. And then as far as the sacrifice goes, I kind of used a blueprint, the same one that I used with The Struggle and the same one I used with the next two books, which, by the way, are called The Return and The Cabal. And I just used 16 chapters and I use the same blueprint for each book because it helps me put the story together in a way that I can wrap it up concisely because I want the book to be very readable, very easy to read and very uh, entertaining without making it too long, if that makes sense. I think a lot of people are really going to be into this book. It's called The Sacrifice. It's written by Anthony M. Corelli, and it's published by Covenant Books. Get this online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Anthony, thanks again for coming on the show, talking with me about The Sacrifice and everything you're writing. Very exciting. I hope we can do this again. And thanks again for having me, Corey. I appreciate what you do. Breaking the Cycle. It's the new book, Out in Stores Now, written by Tara Johnson. And Tara is sitting right here with me now to talk all about it. Tara, thank you for being here on the show tonight. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's great that Breaking the Cycle is in stores now. Can you tell me all about it? Yes, this book is about my life. 
and the different kinds of abuse I endured as a child by my family and friends and how it impacted my life up until now. Mm. Can you go back and think about when you got the idea to write this and what inspired you to tell this story? It couldn't have been an easy thing. No, it wasn't. I was inspired to write this book once my granny passed away in 2010. When I first started the pages, the first 10 pages were so harsh and hateful and mean. And I just knew that I wasn't there yet. So I just had to, you know, find myself and bring forth that healing that I needed and be able to forgive in order to write this book. So I started seeking help. Mm -hmm. And once I got the help that I needed, it was time. Tara, who do you think could get the most out of breaking the cycle? What kinds of people were you reaching out to with this? For people that is being abused now, those that have been abused and neglected, to let them know that, you know, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Healing is possible. And my goal is to break the curse of generational abuse Mm -hmm. and let people know that they can't continue to sweep this under the rug. It certainly takes a lot of courage to tell your story like this, Tara. Have you ever written or been published before? No, this is the first time. This is my first book. Congratulations. Did it take you a long time to do once you sat down and started writing it? Yeah, it took some time because it started to send me on an emotional roller coaster, Mm. you know, having to relive and rehab the entire trauma that I endured. But as I progressed through the writing process, I began to heal and the emotions I kept suppressed, they finally were able to come out and it just pulled out on the pages. Wow. And I can only imagine the moment you finally got that first copy in and you got to hold it and look at it. Tara, what was going through your mind then? Man, (laughs) I screamed with excitement Mm. and I called and texted my support system, family and friends and sent out pictures. And man, (laughs) (laughs) I was just so excited, Mm. just so excited and overwhelmed. Just uh, it was unbelievable. Tara, what are the chances that you'll be writing more and publishing more in the future? I have some more things in the works. I have some more things in the works, but you guys have to stay tuned for that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It was your first time down the road of writing a book and having it published, Tara, so I'm sure that there was a lot you learned along the way. Do you have any words of advice now that you could offer to aspiring authors out there looking to do the same thing? Take your time. Take your time. Someone out there needs your story. Mm. They need to hear it. Continue to pray. Seek God. He'll pull you through it. And it's hard, but you can do it. You can make it through. And it's a long process. Like you said, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And a lot of people have a hard time starting because they feel like it might not be all worth it, all that time and effort. So, Tara, to you, what's the most rewarding aspect of being a published author now? Man, (laughs) (laughs) the reward is... Finishing the book, for me, it's finishing the book. It was finishing the book. Mm. And getting the word out there, getting the truth out there. People deserve to know the truth. Can't keep covering this thing up. You can't. And the cover of this book is very special to you. Can you tell me about it? I was walking down the street around my area that I live in, and it was, I think, like November. And as I walk by this gate, it's always a, in the summertime, it's a flower bed right there. And it's so pretty. Mm. But the month of November, you know, the winter, there's no flowers out. And there was this one long rose. Mm. It was pushing through the gate and it captured me. It was breathtaking. Mm. And I felt that that was me breaking loose, breaking out, telling this story. 
being free. That's what the cover was about. Well, thank you, Tara, for using everything that you went through in your life to reach out to help others and hopefully provide a lot of encouragement to them. The name of this book is Breaking the Cycle. It's written by Tara Johnson, and it's published by Fulton Books. Of course, this is available everywhere, like down the street at traditional brick-and-mortar stores or online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Tara, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me all about yourself and Breaking the Cycle. I hope we can do this again sometime. Oh, of course, of course. Thank you for having me. This is a beautiful world that we live in. And that's what author Sasha Madsen says in her new book, Chimes. It's out in stores right now, and I'm really happy that Sasha is right here with me now to talk all about it. Sasha, thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's wonderful. Chimes is out in stores right now. Sasha, what can readers expect here? Hopefully they can expect whenever they feel sort of lonely or whenever they wish that they had someone there that could understand, they could be comforted by the group of letters that I put together reaching out to people. Hmm. I wrote to historical figures. I wrote to people in movies that I was watching and my friends and people in my life. (laughs) I wrote to my dog. I wrote to a beautiful house that was on my street asking about the families that have lived there in the past. I wrote to anybody. Mm. And now what sort of a reading audience do you think would really be into Chimes? I think a lot of people, frankly, because the more I talk to people, the more I realized how much of a powerful impact the quarantine has had on all of us Mm. and how it really has been hard getting back to some sort of a normal life. I myself had a, a very difficult quarantine. I got into a bad car accident and I was in recovery for a while. Oh, no. And going back to working and going back to just trying to be sort of normal, it really kind of intensifies that sort of, you know, why why am I settling for things that don't absolutely make me happy? Or why, you know, why is everything make me so anxious? Or what do I want out of life that I wasn't getting before? Or what should I be doing differently? Hmm. And I think a lot of it's regular for a lot of people to have those questions. And the letters are very open and sort of ask a lot of questions like that. Sasha, how did this all come about? Can you tell me when you were inspired to sit down and write this and then publish it? Probably because I realized that I had a lot of questions and it's really hard to know what to do with questions. Mm. And I think Obviously, we want to ask people questions, and you don't know who to ask, so I just kind of asked the world around me. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you, Sasha, whenever you got that first copy, you got to hold it in your hands? It was overwhelming, because I think my whole life, when I was a little kid and I used to get, like, birthday money or anything like that, I would just go to Barnes & Noble and spend the Mm. entire thing on a giant pile of books. (laughs) And so to get the actual things in my hands was amazing, and it didn't feel real until my friends and people that I knew were taking pictures of it and showing it to me and asking me to sign it, which is the weirdest thing in the world. (laughs) And have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever published before this? I did. I have one book called Lycanthrope, which is a book of poetry and short stories that sort of looks at our relationship with mental health, like how it can affect us with the way we're raised to look at it. It's sort of kind of used as a plot device in movies and TV. And that is sort of how we can look at it at times, but it's actually living with it and knowing someone that lives with it is a very different experience. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I tried to examine in that book. 
Yeah, that's a really interesting look at that. <laughs> Thank you. A lot of our listeners right now are authors who haven't published yet, but they want to. They're just starting out. So, Sasha, what advice could you give them? I would say to just follow your gut, because I think most of the people I've talked to, they all have stories, but we're all our own worst critic, and they think they really doubt themselves, and they doubt the validity of their own stories, and I think they don't realize that their stories are interesting or that there's someone out there that wants to or needs to hear their stories. And I think they think, especially now with social media and everything, that they really need to have something just fascinating to happen to them, to be able to connect to other people when really everyday things and everyday problems are much harder to talk about. Well, it sounds like you really got a thing for writing, Sasha. Do you have any plans for what's next? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's two finished books on my laptop and like four or five that are getting there. Wow. I know a lot of my listeners right now are definitely going to be interested in checking this out. The name of the book is Chimes. It's written by Sasha Madsen, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere, like down at the street at your local bookstore, or you can jump online, get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Sasha, it's been great having you on the show tonight. Thanks for telling me all about Chimes. It's been really nice talking with you. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. The title of the book I have here got me interested right away. I gotta know what this is all about. It's called The Girl Who Ate All the Rice in China. The author, Judy Heinemann, is right here to talk all about it. Judy, thanks for joining me here tonight. Well, thank you. I love the title of this book, like I said. So what's The Girl Who Ate All the Rice in China all about? All right. Well, this is the story of our daughter, Grace, that we adopted from China. And it's loosely based on her time in the orphanage in Chenzhou, Hunan. And Grace loves her food. And, you know, we've all heard the saying, you know, you need to eat all your food because there are starving children in China. Well, we always felt like Grace was the reason that the other children didn't have enough. So <laughs> that's how we came up with the title. Oh, wow. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing a book or being published? No, this is my first book to have published. Wow, that's fantastic. What sorts of readers do you think would really be interested in it? Well, my target reader would be children, let's say six and up. But my hope is that not only children will read my book, but also families could read it together. Hmm. So how long of a process was this for you from the time when you sat down and began writing this clear up until it hit store shelves? It took me maybe a day to write the hmm. story because I had a lot of notes from Grace's file that the adoption agency had sent me. And then I also had notes from our time in China when we were finalizing the adoption. I was able to talk with her caregivers and find out things about Grace while we were there. So after I had my rough draft going and sent the manuscript into my publisher, after that, it takes about 10 months. Mm. After all that time and all the work you put into it, what was it like the moment you got to hold the first copy in your hands? Oh, well, it's very rewarding mm. and I'm very grateful to the publisher who worked so diligently alongside of me during the entire process. Mm. And what are the chances we'll see more from you then in the future? Oh, well, I have another book that has already been published. Mm. It was actually my first book. It was called The Girl Who Wondered What's Out There. And that was loosely based on the story of our daughter, Alexis, and her time growing up in an orphanage in Changsha, China. Oh, wow. And then I have one more book because we have one more daughter from China. And mm. 
I'm hoping that that will be published by maybe October or November of probably next year. Wow. Judy, looking back over all of this, what's the most rewarding part for you of being a published author? Well, you know, it is great to have an actual book in your hand that has your name as the author. Mm. But more than that, I love seeing my daughter's reaction when they see the book and know that it's written about them. And then they have friends and teachers that have bought the book. Mm. That's always fun for them to say, this is my book. It's about me. (laughs) Writing and publishing a book can be such a daunting thing to take on. A lot of people have trouble getting started with it. And a lot of our listeners are in that spot right now. They're authors that want to write their first book and want to be published. Judy, you've been through this a couple times now. What, What is your best advice for them? My advice would be, Write what you are passionate about. Don't do it for money or adoration, but do it because you have a story that you really want to share. Mm. It's hard to go at this kind of thing alone, Judy. Are there people in your life who knew you were doing this and could be there to motivate you and encourage you and back you up? Oh, well, certainly. Of course, my husband, you know, he he supported me financially during the publishing process. And then, of course, friends that encouraged me to keep going, friends that were with us when we started our adoption journey with our three daughters. And then, of course, the publisher, you know, they're with you every step of the way and they work very diligently alongside of you during the process because they want to see you succeed just as much as you want to succeed. Mm. Well, this is certainly a book a lot of people are going to be into. It's called The Girl Who Ate All the Rice in China. It's written by Judy Hyman and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get this online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and then down the street, too, at your local bookstores. Judy, thank you again for coming on the show here. I had a great time learning about The Girl Who Ate All the Rice in China. I really enjoyed our time together. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 